Hey everybody, it's JT. What is on your holiday meal shopping list? Well, I would suggest Painted Hills Natural Beef. It is some of the best beef in the world. And your friends and family will be thanking you for a long time if you serve Painted Hills Natural Beef for your holiday meals. And now you can buy it online just by going to PaintedHillsBeef.com. Use the code BBQNATION at checkout and save yourself 15% on your order. Give Painted Hills Natural Beef a place on your table this holiday season. It's time for Barbecue Nation with JT. So fire up your grill, light the charcoal, and get your smoker cooking. Now from the Turn It, Don't Burn It studios in Portland, here's JT. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the nation. That's the Barbecue Nation. I'm JT along with my co-host, Leanne Whippin. She's in Florida, I'm in Oregon, and I'm jealous. And we have the usual cast of suspects hanging around the Turn It, Don't Burn It studios here in the Portland, Oregon area. And we are on the USA Radio Network, among other things. We'd like to thank the folks at Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef the way nature intended. You can check them out online at PaintedHillsNaturalBeef.com. You also ought to check out their Instagram page. They've got some funny stuff on there. Well, uh, I've asked our friend Tim Shear from Blues Hog gateway drums back today tim's been busy last uh, we were trying to figure it out i think it's been three years thinking about it tim since you've been on the show it's been a while <laughs> but, but welcome back first of all oh thank you buddy I'm, I'm surprised you let me back on oh no no you're good we you know <laughs> scandals die down after a while so, yeah. <laughs> that's a good thing you know we can we can bring it back so first of all, how are things with Blues Hog and, and Gateway and all that going for you? It's going incredible, man. Everything is um, rocking and rolling, that's for sure. We're, we're definitely feeling the spring weather come on and, and um, everybody's getting excited, it looks like. So we are shipping product and making product and got about a million things going on at once. So that's what's happening. Wow. How, how, um, how did COVID affect you? Um, you know, fortunately, COVID was a big boost for us as far as uh, retail sales and online and everything else. Um, you know, some of the hardware and grocery stores were basically the only things that were left open. So, you know, with the fact that people weren't going out to eat, they were staying home and, and um, you know, charcoal was like toilet paper at first. You know, it was we didn't have a we didn't have a, mm-hmm. one ounce of charcoal in our possession for a while. And that was a mad scramble. But um, we worked our way through that and, and got our supply back up on that. Um, you know, sauce and rub was, was going like crazy, I guess, with people, you know, becoming home cooks more again. So, um, you know, fortunately, we were on the good end of it. I know a lot of people weren't as lucky. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, speaking of supply chain issues, I was going to tell you that um, <laughs> we used a joke back then that said Powerball was up to an 18-pack of Charmin. So yeah. that was the price. I remember that stuff there. Uh, <clears throat> the people that are picking your your products up, Tim, <clears throat> between Blues Hog and, and the Gateway Drum stuff, are they newbies to, to barbecue? Do you know? Or are they uh, wily veterans like Leanne? And uh, she just knows what she wants to do. <laughs> Well, I I would hope Leanne's a smart lady. I think she's picking some product up. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but, I uh, am. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Um, but no, I think we have a we have a pretty good mix going on, is what what I think. Um, you know, obviously our competition barbecue guys are are really going strong, and and uh, Blue Hog and and the Gateway Drum 
still continues to perform in the competition world, um, which is really fun to see and support, even though myself, I haven't been able to be out as many, um, but it's, it's a lot of fun. I got phone calls in texts this weekend from a couple of buddies that won the, the doubleheader down here in Missouri. So that was, you know, it's always, uh, you know, the next best thing. If we can't be there, then, you know, we hope some of our friends are winning. Um, so that's still going strong, I believe. Um, but yeah, I mean, our, one of our bigger marketing focus has been, you know, geared towards newbies and, um, you know, just backyard cooks and, uh-huh. um, you know, just your everyday type, um, you know, cook basically. So, um, you know, everything that, that works for us in the competition world also works in, in your backyard and at home and, um, whether you're cooking for the kids or the, you know, the neighborhood or whatever, I mean, it's, it's still the same techniques, the same flavors, um, you know, the same benefits. So, you know, that's kind of what we're trying to expand our world in. Um, you know, we talked about earlier, we're heading out to the national hardware show, uh-huh. um, next week. So that'll be kind of be a new, new target audience for us as well. So, um, we've done really well with ACE hardware. Um, so, so they've been a really good partner of ours and everything, but, uh, we're just kind of looking to expand on, on, um, you know, more of that grocery world and, and more accessibility to the product as well. Sure. Well, you know, um, Craig, back I there. Feel, go ahead. I'm sorry. I, I feel like you're responsible for the reemergence, if you if you want to call it that, of of the drums. Um, obviously, you winning many contests using those. Um, I know competing for many years, you see in, you know, smokers that are hot and, you know, then they kind of dwindle away. But I feel like drum smokers are really prevalent on the circuit. Do you find that the home cooks are buying more drums because of that? Or do you find that most of the sales are for, you know, competitors? Uh, We're definitely getting more home cooks. There's no doubt. Um, Just looking at our online sales and stuff, we can kind of tell, you know, who's involved in the competition world or not. Um, you know, competition, it does, it really does cycle and, um, you know, um, you know, it's flavor of the month type deal, right? If somebody's right. been on it, right. it faces it for a while, but, um, but, you know, fortunately we've had a, a pretty nice run. I mean, we started using them in 2012 and, um, you know, I feel like they're still going strong, still winning. Um, you know, Brad's won team of the year the last couple of years cooking on mm-hmm. all drums and, you know, the Jack and the, you know, American Royal winners and, and all this stuff is still happening. So, you know, and that's a, you know, that's a testament not only to the equipment, but, you know, just the the concept of old school barbecue is, you know, cooking over the coals and, you know, there's not a whole lot of, um, not a whole lot of fad or trend there. That's, that's yeah. as real deal as it gets, you know what I mean? So, um, you know, we love that aspect of it. Um, but no, like you said, we are looking to expand the market, uh, a lot of newbies, um, you know, and, and, um, uh, and just the barbecue world in general has expanded. You know, if you look at Ace Hardware, their focus when you walk into their store is barbecue. And that's, mm-hmm. I think that's phenomenal. You know what I mean? If you think about that compared to where it was, you know, even 10 years ago, and and we owe a lot of that to to people like Traeger and the pellet world and, um, you know, Green Egg and all these people that really branded, you know, the activity and the lifestyle of, of cooking. Sure. Um, so, you know, big fans of those guys. I just want to go steal the customers now. Yeah, there you go. So, Jeff, you should see his massive drum. Uh, what would you say this? Do you know how many gallons that is, that drum, that the big one that you take yeah, for special occasion? Yeah. Yeah. We've been taking the mega drum is what we've been calling it, I guess, <laughs> to a couple of, um, you know, festivals and everything just because it's fun to cook on. But um, a guy walked up and did the math on it right in front of me one day, one day at the uh, KC competition, I think. And he said it was 560 gallons, I believe is what it was. So it's wow. a five foot. Yeah, it's five foot diameter uh, 
gateway drum smoker basically we've got another one being built right now um and aren't you gonna uh, cook a whole hog on there for memphis yeah, may this year yeah so we had another one built so we could do whole hog at memphis and may so um, <laughs> we did the whole shoulders on the regular drum last year and got lucky enough to win so i said what the hell let's go for it go even farther right yeah That's awesome do you so, think kim do you think that um like the backyard series from KCBS and stuff has helped. Well, the backyard series is, I'm a big fan of the backyard series. I have been forever. And I, you know, was trying to push it early on and, and years ago uh, with KCBS and um, you know, we've got to have that entry entry point. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you, you know, everybody wants to be the big dog and, and, and I have the 40 foot trailer and a huge pit and everything else, but you know, that's just not realistic. And honestly, it's not necessary to have fun on the weekends and cook mm -hmm. barbecue with your friends. I mean, this is the beauty of what uh, the drum smoker can do. And that's honestly, that's the way we started, you know, with the insane cam posse. I mean, that literally came from myself and a couple of buddies loading up at 6 a.m. and driving an hour to the contest on Saturday morning, you know, getting there at seven, you know, flopping the tailgate down and, and unload two drums and we cook a whole contest. You know, we didn't have a tent. We didn't have a table. It was just like, what the hell? Let's just go cook and have fun. And yeah. And that was some of the most, you know, memorable and, and fun times of my whole barbecue life. And um honestly, I want to get back to that sometimes because it, <laughs> it's a lot easier and you know, you have a lot less to worry about. And you know, sometimes that makes you even a better cook when you're just out there kind of winging it and um, you know, trying to make things happen out of out of uh, next to nothing. So um I think that's a great thing, the backyard or whatever you want to call it. I don't care, single meat contest, even. I mean. Mm -hmm. Anything I think where people can go and, and um, you know, compete or tailgate or whatever the case may be, get it in and out in one day, I think is a big help. You know, the one of the big expenses of, of barbecue competitions tends to be um, spending the night and travel and you right. know, RVs or hotels or, you know, fuel mileage and all this stuff is just ridiculous. So, um, you know, I love the fact that it's doable, you know, with, with less equipment and less overhead. Yeah. Well, I know that um simpler is better a lot of times in life you kind of i think you have to live a lot to figure that out finally yeah you know? and like you're yeah. saying hauling big pits and stuff to a competition that may look snazzy but you know throwing something in the drum parking your butt on a tailgate and cracking one open yeah that's heaven baby that's heaven that's, right yeah. <laughs> <laughs> as far as i'm concerned yeah so with all your titles i'm looking at your your my cheat sheet here for you and you've got 36 grand champion titles at least that's the last i could come up with how many of those were you actually able just to park your butt on the tailgate and have a good time <laughs> or how many did you really have to get serious and stay all night and plan and you know the drill i don't think i've ever been serious at a barbecue contest <laughs> i'm pretty sure that's that's probably um that's probably not that's probably no argument there i would say but um, I like to cook loose and, and just have fun and, and react and do, do what we do in the moment. And sometimes that probably is a, a downfall of mine. Um, but a lot of times it works to my advantage too. So, um, you know, it's one of those things, everybody has their own style, right? I mean, I don't want to get nervous and tight and, and worry about everything. I just want to go there and do what, do what got me there. And, right. you know, if it works, it works. If not, we'll try again next time, I guess. I mean, it's not, you know, it's a barbecue contest. It's not anything that's life or death really. So. Um, I try to keep that in perspective and, and, um, you know, cause if you're in the barbecue world and you're competing every weekend and you're going through that grind, you've got a lot, a lot of money, a lot of time, a lot of effort, 
um, on the line and and if you overthink it and and let it let it um, get to you mentally, I mean, it can wear on you. So absolutely, um, we're going to take a break here on Barbecue Nation. We're going to be back with Tim Shear from Blue Saw Gateway Drum, thirty-six time champion, among other things. And we're going to find out the pressing question when we come back: Why is he called the tallest man in barbecue? Please stay with us. Hey everybody, it's JT, and this is a special version of Barbecue Nation. It is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Welcome back to Barbecue Nation here on the uh, USA Radio Networks. I'm JT, along with my partner, uh, Leanne Whippen here. If you want to email us, very simple. Just go to barbecuenationjt.com. And there's a thing there to contact us. And either Leanne or I will get the email and we will reach back out to you. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, all that stuff. We have the official accounts and we have our personal accounts. So we're not that hard to find. We're talking with Tim Scher today. Tim, why do they call you the tallest man in barbecue? Um, I think I called myself that honestly. Okay. The first time and, uh, it couldn't help but stick, I guess. But, um, you know, it's, it's when you're as tall as I am, people are always the first thing they say, Oh, wow, you're tall. And I'm like, Well, yeah, <laughs> you say, well, you're short. You know what I mean? You get in trouble yeah. between that. So I'm like, Yeah. They're, and then they're always like, Well, how tall are you? I said, I'm just the tallest, you know? So and it, whatever. So it's just, it was always funny, but, you know, it stuck a little bit. Um, you know, I think I went over to Australia for meat stock one time and there was a, a feller there that was bald headed and he might've been taller than me, but <laughs> uh, thank God I had a lot of hair. So, <laughs> okay. Well, that was a pressing question. We had to get right. that out of the way, man. Um, when you designed the gateway drum and I want to get a little bit on the tech side here with you. Was that something you just had been mulling around in your mind for a long time, or it was something that you had seen it used previously, but had your own vision of it? Tell us about that. Um, yeah, well, the problem was I was mulling around how to cook ribs in my mind for a long time. Um, you know, we were struggling in the competitions. We were doing okay in most things, and ribs was just kind of my nemesis, which was weird because that's what I always you know, did the most of. Sure. Um, and that, at that point we were using a pellet cooker, I believe at contests and, and, um, you know, I was getting a little bit bored with it. Uh, for one thing I was, you know, you put your meat on at 10 o'clock at night, hit the button and go to bed. You know, it's like, you don't even get to light a fire, you know what I mean? So, right. Um, which, you know, big deal. But anyway, we were trying to figure out ribs and, you know, at that point in the Midwest here, especially between St. Louis and Kansas city, we were seeing a lot of you know, ugly drum trash can cookers, you know what I mean? It was literally an old burn barrel and people had drilled a hole in the bottom and maybe drilled a hole in the top. Some people had a piece of plywood on top of it for the lid and they would just move it open, you know, yeah. open it close a little bit. And I'm like, you know, I was looked at, I'm like, man, poor fella can't even buy a grill. You know what I mean? What's wrong? <laughs> um, but anyway, it was, you know, I didn't understand the concept of it necessarily. So uh, another buddy of mine in barbecue came over, he goes, oh, I'll cook you the best ribs you ever had in two hours. And and, you know, on my, on my, on my trash can, you know, I was like, you know, like, here we go, you know, this is going to be good uh -huh. and stuff. So he comes over and 
and literally sits out on the front porch and does it. And I ate him. I'm like, God dang it. You know, I was so mad <laughs> because, you know, because I had invested in a nice pit and all this stuff that was, you know, I was right. pretty proud of. And now we've got to get this stupid trash can looking thing. So <laughs> at that point, we built the first one. I went out to my dad's farm and we welded one together. And um, it was New Year's Day, I believe, or New Year's Eve. I was cooking ribs on my front porch at home and um, brought them inside. And you know, we took a bite and ate them. And I've got the picture of Taylor, my daughter, that took a bite of them and her eyes just bugged out of her head. Wow. She took the first bite and she was like, oh my God, you know, she's kind of my taste tester all the time. And um, she couldn't have been four years old or something probably. But anyway, so, I mean, that was it. You know, I knew it. I was like, holy cow, you know, I can't believe it just happened. We had a different flavor. We had a different tenderness. Um, and then that's the year 2012, we started making the drum and and we won ribs at the American Royal. So, um, you know, didn't necessarily do it for a business to start with. We just did it to cook on. And, right. And, um, you know, we had some success at that point. And, you know, buddies were like, well, can you make me one? Can you make me one? And and it got to a point where I had to say, okay, you know, we either got to treat this like a real business or or say no to everybody. And, um, of course, you know, I turned a perfectly good hobby into a job once again and, and started the business. <laughs> so, you know, I, I've seen different ways that people cook ribs you can hang them or you can put them straight up on the rack do you hang your ribs and then go to a rack or what's your method yeah i mean i've done it both ways so um like i said when we did the royal that was just straight on the on the on the grate you know with Uh what we call burn and turn we flip them every 15 minutes and rotate and spin and you know that that style of cooking is better suited for myself because i have a hard time sitting still or um, just waiting and not opening the door or whatever the pellet cooker, you know, so, um, with it's the drum, faster too. Yeah. With a drum, you, there's no problem. You can open the lid, you can look at it, spin it, flip it. You got plenty to do. Okay. So, mm-hmm. um, and I like that style. Um, but then 2015, we won rib team of the year with KCBS and we actually hung them every time that year. I just got on a groove of hanging the ribs. And, huh. um, so I would say both of them work perfectly fine. It's just kind of, um, you know, we run in spurts back and forth, I guess. Right. Maybe, right. Whatever, whatever we feel like at the time. So, um, yeah, nothing wrong with either one of them. It's just kind of find what you like, I guess. Is it a little easier for first timers, if you will, in your opinion, to, uh, to put them on, on the rack, so to speak, instead of just hanging them? I can see where that would be scary for people. You yeah, know, it is. It's a little intimidating, but it actually kind of works the other way, too. So, you know, when you lay them flat on the grate, you've got all the heat blasting right. off the, uh, the broad side of them. When mm-hmm. they hang, the heat just kind of grazes the side evenly. So, um, you know, it's two different concepts, really. And um, I can't really say that one's easier than the other because actually hanging them is less maintenance. You don't really have to flip them or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, when you lay them flat, you tend to want to, you know, flip them over halfway through at least. Or, right. you know, just keep an eye on things because they'll have a tendency to burn a little bit more. Do you measure that time increment by the amount of beer? Yeah, hundred percent do. I mean, uh, Joe Revy, my my old cooking partner back in the day and stuff, and still does sometimes. We call him Joe Rib because his job was to sit there and watch the rib can, um, make sure the needle was straight up, and you know he would get too busy messing with the gauges. I was like, Joe, just go get a beer, get me one too. <laughs> Don't touch anything else. <laughs> you know, so he had his job to, you know, I think it was drink a beer, spin the ribs, drink a beer, spin the ribs. That's a good yeah. job if you can get it, man. That's a great yeah. job. Yeah, I know. Yeah. He was good at it. 
So with the gateways, it, it seems as if I'm seeing all different colors, logos. So it seem, seems like you've really stepped it up and customized them now. Is that true? Yeah. And that's, you know, that came from the competition world a lot. You know, everybody was wanting their team names and, you know, there's a lot of pride out there and everybody wants to fly their colors and put up flags and, you know, have their banners up. And um, so we started, you know, people were wanting it. So why not? You know, let's let's do what they want. Right. We're going to take a break. We're going to be back with Tim Shear from Blues Hog and the man with the drum or and the, the beer clock. Uh, that's a good tease in my world. Anyway, we'll be right back here on Barbecue. There you go. <laughs> If you're enjoying GT and his show, come check out my podcast, Around the House with Eric G, where we talk home improvement and design right here where you catch this podcast. Head to AroundTheHouseOnline.com. Welcome back to Barbecue Nation here on the USA Radio Networks. I'm JT with uh, this blonde lady sitting 3,000 miles away from me, Miss Leanne Whippen, is my co-pilot. Today we're talking with Tim Shear from Blues Hog and Gateway Drums. We would like to thank folks at Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef, you can be proud to serve your family and friends. Check them out online at PaintedHillsNaturalBeef.com and also Gunter Wilhelm Knives. Leanne, what do you think of Gunter Wilhelm? You've been using them now for a little bit. A lot of it, actually. They're not only gorgeous, but they they are they keep a sharp edge and. Uh... You know, they produce every type of knife possible for, you know, whether you're filleting or slicing and yeah, fantastic knives. There you go. Right on my kitchen counter right now. There you go. Mine are around the corner in the kitchen there. Um, so, Kim, how have things changed for you professionally and personally since, you know, since way back when, uh, 2010 or something, 2012, we start racking up these big titles? How, how have you changed and how have things changed for you, if at um, all? I mean, yeah, things have definitely changed. I mean, I remember when we first started to compete, you know, it was a weekend once or twice a year deal and, you know, four or five of my buddies from back in the day and we would go out there and try to have as much fun as we possibly could and hopefully turn in an entry or two. Um, you know, that went on for a year or two and, you know, you want to get competitive at that point, you know, I've, got to the point where I was like, you know what, I'm, if I'm going to go to these, I want to at least try to get a call or try to win or something sure. you know what I mean? to see what would happen. But, you know, so, you know, to me, I'm the type of guy that I might suck at something at, at first and, and I'm totally willing to admit that and acknowledge that I'm an idiot at it. So, so I'll also go ahead and ask some really dumb questions that I need to know and, and do as much research as I possibly can um, to try to hurry up and catch up. You know what I mean? So, um, you know, that's just basically what I did. I mean, we would read the forums, we would talk to people, you know, hang out, ask dumb questions and um, start to figure things out. You know what I mean? And, and um, you know, unfortunately for barbecue, there's no really right or wrong way to do it. It's just, you know, figure out what works for you and, right. and um, try to try to get on top of that. So, you know, um, I know this is um, an emotional subject matter and very personal, but uh, Blues Hog how did you first get involved with blues hog um yeah so i mean i had just met bill at at competitions and everything around you know mid-missouri mostly he was um because he was living just you know two hours basically north of us um 
So we would see him, you know, at some competitions and, and that's kind of back when I was just getting started and I was absolutely fascinated by him. You know what I mean? And just yeah, the way he would tell stories and sit there and talk to me about, I mean, we, I remember staying up with him late several times, you know, just him and I, and this was before I was ever involved in or barely even knew the guy, but he would talk and tell crazy stories. And, you know, I would just, I always remember I would go back to my site. My face would always hurt from laughing so hard after I talked to him like every time. And I'm like, what is going on? You know what I mean? But, but, you know, that was how Bill was and his stories and craziness and, you know, never a dull moment. And, and, um, you know, I got a kick out of that. And, you know, so we just kind of became, you know, friends, kind of the odd couple, couple of friends, you know, sometimes, but, um, you know, but then when he had brain cancer and was getting ready to go through another, another round of surgery and everything, he, um, basically came to me and said, Tim, I want you to buy the company. And I was like, wow. You know, I was like, what, you know, what the heck, you know? And yeah. So I was definitely not any way prepared to do that or, um, or it wasn't on my radar or anything like that. It was just one of those things where, you know, it was more to help him out. And, and I think he was going to help me out a little bit, you know, and that's what happened. So. So uh, when, when, when you took over that position or took over blues hog, did he have, a bunch of employees that worked for him or was it basically just him? Oh, yeah. Yes. I mean, it was him. And, and, um, at that point, you know, his co-packer was doing some of the, um, some of the business end of it for him too. I think that it was kind of on automatic pilot for the most part. I mean, it's, um, you know, with his health and, and everything else, I mean, he just wasn't really, um, too capable of, of managing the company. So it was kind of like, here's this awesome brand and everybody knows it's good and loves it. Uh-huh. But it's just doing what it's doing. Like there's no organization to it whatsoever. You know what I mean? And and that's like when I looked at it, I mean, I knew the product obviously because we used it in competition and and we loved it and and everybody I knew loved it. And we had started a little barbecue store here and it was, you know, we sold it ten to one over everything, you know. You're right. And I'm like, well, I mean it's did you come up with any belief. of the um did you come up with any of the sauces or were they already there? Because what are there? Seven now? Um, all six? the sauces were all his sauces. He had the raspberry chipotle, you know, that he made in small batch that we released. And then um uh Champions Blend is I did release that, but that's you know based off of everything he did. Um, right. You know, what we did develop was the the newer dry rubs and the marinades. Uh, oh, interesting. going to wood chunks and, and things like that. Um, and now we do a lot of the pre-smoked barbecue meats. We sell a lot through, um, food service and stuff. So, um, so, you know, we've got new products. I've, we've actually got two or three new sauces. We want to release, you know, um, more of a wing sauce. We've got a steak sauce, uh, some other things like that that we've got in the works right now that we're hoping to release here yet this year. But, um, but no, I mean, it was just, you know, like I said, when Bill came, it was, it was him. And, and even before we bought the company, I was, it was he and I, we were driving around, you know, trying to find new co-packers and, and, you know, just, you know, just trying to help each other out really more than anything. And it just came to the point where, you know, he felt good about it and I felt good about it. And, um, well, I was scared to death about it, to be honest. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't know anything about the food business whatsoever. But like I said, I mean, it's just one of those things where you hurry up and try to learn, you know what I mean? And, and, um, you know, I'll stay up all hours of night doing research on stupid things, I guess, just to figure it out, you know? So, um, you know, that's what we did. And we, I guess we still learn, but we've, um, uh, we've grown the company a lot. We have probably 15 employees here for Blue's Hog now. And, um, you know, we've grown with our new co-packer, you know, they were shooting one, one jar at a time, you know, never bottled sauce in their life to now they run two full bottling lines with eight heads a piece. And, 
basically running 24 hours a day. So, I mean, it's, it's crazy. You know what I mean? It's kind of a cool, cool story. And well, I'm glad you, I'm glad that he picked you because (laughs) you've, you've taken it, you, you've kept it in the forefront and you're expanding it. And it's just very remarkable. And congratulations on that. It's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it was a lot of pressure, you know, at first, Mm -hmm. especially with all the competition guys. And I was hot and heavy in the competition world that at that point. And, you know, if they lost a contest, you know whose fault it was. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I had to make sure the sauce was right. And, you know, it took a little while and everything. But, um, you know, that's just it's fine. You know, I got big shoulders. I can handle it. It's just one of those things where, you know, you want to you want to keep it right because that's, you know, not my name necessarily. It was Bill's name, you know, right. Too. So right. I don't want to screw that up. You know what I mean? So Do you. um Oh, I, I was, I should say, uh, Tim, what were you doing prior to Gateway and then becoming involved with Bill and Blues Hog? Digging holes. Whoa. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, that's, I, I was, I had a landscaping company. That's what I was doing. Uh-huh. I was running a landscape company. We did a lot of uh, uh, big backyard construction jobs and stuff like right. that um so we had just built a new facility for that that's kind of why it was not the greatest timing for changing directions with my life you know we built a new building and we were you know i was wanting to be the best landscaper in the world just like i try to be for barbecue you know so um you know so we got into barbecue started dabbling with that and it quickly started taking more and more of my time so actually last year about this time we sold the landscape company um and been focusing on the on blue talk and gateway and and um you know, more of this stuff. So is blues hog so to the point where I, and I think it should be, but nobody gives a crap what I think on these topics, but is it to the point where you don't have to fight for shelf space in certain stores? Cause that's a big deal. I mean, I've yeah, been through that. Um, Leanne's been through that. Uh-huh. And yeah. It's a tough um, game. No, I wouldn't say it's, I wouldn't say it's to that point because the grocery world is, uh, you know, if anybody's ever dealt with that, I mean, it's a freaking battle. And I would have to imagine it's a never ending battle. Um, so, but it has gotten better. I mean, I think the grocery, the big, bigger grocery stores and, and chains and everything, they don't necessarily want to go outside of the box if they don't have to. I mean, they, right. you know, they, they're perfectly fine selling craft or whatever, you know, that they don't have to think about and people buy like crazy because it's cheap, you know? So right. when we come in there with something and we say, we're, we want to be the highest price. We want to be the, you know, the best, blah, 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 blah. They, you know, they don't exactly jump up and down for us, you know? So right. um, the good thing is we do send samples and they try it and they love it. And, and that helps a lot. And then, you know, once you get a couple on board and in and, and certain areas, then, okay, the competitors look at them and say, Oh my gosh, they have this and I don't have that, you know, and mm-hmm. you know, people go and start asking for the product and they don't have it. Well then, you know, that starts to be a problem. So, um, so yeah, it's kind of one of those things where it's very hard to get, the first couple going, you know what I mean? But I do think it snowballs um, a little bit after that. So that's what we found out basically. So, um, you know, but no, it's, it's, it's definitely a battle in the grocery world and it's very cutthroat and very low margins and things like that Uh um, in that world. So, um, you know, I don't, don't typically love that part of the business, but it's main areas that we need to grow in. So that's what we deal with. Well, and big chain, um, you know, I don't maybe Kroger's or whatever. They're not really known for carrying premium products 
in in some areas you know uh you might find a nine dollar jar of caviar but it mm. was you know farmed in michigan or something you know <laughs> what i mean so yeah. uh they're just yeah. not known for that and and blues hog is a premium product yeah and it is and and we want to try to keep that status you know so that's one of the things where we've you know number one we can't afford to drop the price because right you know, it's not a not that type of a made product but um you know, but the, the cool thing is, like in the past couple of years, especially, I mean, there has been a, a push to more premium items, you know, and that's, I think, across the board, whether it's, you know, craft beer or or uh, or a bourbon or, a, you know, we see it right now with meat going on a lot. You're starting to, to see the stuff pop up a little bit more. We're going to take a break here on Barbecue Nation. We'll be back with Tim Shear. Uh, Leanne and I will still be at the helm of this thing, I think. But uh, we will be back in a couple of minutes. Please stay with us. Hey everybody, it's JT, and this is a special version of Barbecue Nation. It is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Welcome back to Barbecue Nation here on the USA Radio Networks. I'm JT, along with Leanne Whippen. We're talking with Tim Shear today from Blues Hog and Gateway Drums and uh, the the man of Missouri who's the tallest in barbecue. I'm trying to give you a really long handle here, Tim. Yeah, yeah. I, I keep keep doing that. How have things changed um, in the barbecue world for you? I mean, in the competition world specifically since you started. What you know, we all work to improve whatever we're doing. We all work to improve the final product that you're going to do on turn-ins and stuff. Mm-hmm. Tell us about your journey in that when you've made some, you know, really big decisions to say, I'm going to, I'm, I'm at this point with my brisket or ribs or whatever, and I like that, but I need to work on my chicken or whatever over here, and I'm going to do this. What's yeah. the impetus for that? Well, I've been through that, and, and um, you know, we've been through all that with every single category, basically, and and what I always did, I mean, mo- mostly in the off season, because I really didn't have much time, um, especially not during the competition season, but or in springtime or anything. But I would usually take a week or two or three in the off season of, of probably weekends and just literally just dive into whatever category I was not doing well in, uh-huh. and um, you know, drive my family nuts with it, drive my kids crazy with the same thing over and over again, but. You know, and, and of course, I got to make them try it to get their feedback on it, you know, and then and try to weigh it out if it was a good thing or or not, you know. And um, so, yeah, I mean, I know I've been through every single category with that. And and um, and anymore, I think I know my baseline, you know, and it's a matter of right. just whether, I, you know, I, whether I want to change something or try something new or just stick with what I know will probably work. You know what I mean? And and try to execute it better every time, you know, or. or you know, as good as I can every time. So, um, you know, there's, there's things like that and there's a lot of mind games you can do and, you know, go through in competition barbecue as well. I mean, you can cook the same exact thing, or maybe you think right. it's better and you get destroyed one weekend and the next day it might work even, you know, better than it ever has been. So, but when you do it as many times as we did it, you know, a couple of years in a row, I mean, you start to know, you know, when something's mm-hmm. working, you know, right. Right. And you know that, it, you know, you know, when you miss it as well. And sometimes you can get lucky and, 
you know, I've always tried to not give up on it until it was gone. You know what I mean? That's my biggest thing. I mean, a lot of people take it out and if it doesn't taste right, they say, screw it, throw it in a box and turn it in. I mean, I literally will spend to the last second trying to, you know, maybe it needs salt or spice yeah. or yeah. try different things and just to try to salvage it. You know what I mean? And a lot of times, you know, that's kind of what I got. Known I for saw it. you do that in Kansas city a few weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, that's a perfectly good case. I wasn't really focusing on my ribs very much and it was a rib took off. So at the end I had to get a little creative and, and try to salvage, you know, well, I think that was, that's what makes worse. you, you know, it's so great, you know, and it makes, you know, a lot of the, you know, top teams so great is they can overcome obstacles and what might be a disaster, they can turn it into something good. And, and well, that's the goal, especially in a four meet contest, right? Mm -hmm. So you've got, you know, maybe you know you're not going to win brisket that day, but can I get a top 10 and, and salvage my right. overall result? I mean, a lot of times yeah. you can do that, you know, with just a few, few tweaks. So I, I'm kind of curious, how did you come up with your team name? Because it's so outside the box of barbecue. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, well, of course I was watching Talladega nights on the couch, you know, one day and yeah. um, we were both uh. crew when we first started barbecuing, because I was watching a lot of NASCAR back then and stuff and kind of liked the racing thing and, and, you know, everything, but, you know, I was watching Talladega nights and, you know, just the overall, shake and bake first to last mentality. I was, I don't know. It kind of registered with me, I guess a little bit, maybe a little bit too much. And I remember just yelling it out to my wife. I was like, shake and bake. We're, we're changing our team name. You know? <laughs> and that was it. You know, I was like, You're an idiot. You know, <laughs> it's like, but anyway, it stuck a little bit and it's been fun. I'm glad we did it because even when the girls were small and stuff, they would run around screaming it. And, you know, it's, it's, um, you know, it's been a, been more of a four, for fun type brand, you know what I mean? And yeah, right. I love it. Time now, why don't I cook as blues hog or this and that? I'm just like, you know what? Because you know we started it like that, and it's been fun. You know, I just want to keep that portion of it. Yeah, I love I'll, that. I'll, I'll tell you a little commercial. Tri trivia about your name, uh, Tim. In Hollywood, when you're in a western movie and you see a bunch of here's the bad guys with their horses, and the horses are unsettled. They they actually mm -hmm. make them do that. I've been in and done that and right. they call that shake and bake too right. they'll, they'll tell you they shake call a lot of things shake and bake that you yeah be yeah it's, it's, <laughs> it's pretty crazy um how did you know you're talking about a minute ago when i asked you about changing things and developing things have you found that you develop things for your competition that then migrate over to your development side of uh you know rubs and spices and sauces and that yeah um i mean honestly with our with our um pre-cooked pre-smoked barbecue meats that we do i mean we use all of our competition products i mean we use our marinade our our dry rubs and of course a sauce you know so it's it's literally as as close as you can get to our recipe you know on, uh -huh. a, on a fairly large scale so um you know what meats are you doing uh we do uh whole briskets we do pork butts we do spare ribs turkey breasts uh, we do some pulled chicken as well right now. Um, do burn ends. So is that on the Blues Hog site? Yeah, we've got it on the Blues Hog site. Um, we do some retail packages. Um, we're looking to grow the retail side of it. You know, we haven't focused on it as much because we've been doing a lot of food service. And um, we started doing this, I guess, right before COVID happened. And, and you know, then our target audience, which was kind of hotels, casinos, you know, restaurants that didn't have, right. smokers, you know, things like that. 
um, basically shut down. So the, the program, you know, probably took three or four years basically since I first started on it, but um, it's starting to kick up again now and, and really starting to take off now. Well, so where do you um, smoke all the meats? Um, right now we have a co-packer here that same one that makes our sauce. It's a USDA oh. plant and, uh, we've got big commercial, um, smokers and stuff in there that, that are fairly high tech and, and actually work pretty awesome. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I go up there quite a bit. It's an hour from That's me fantastic. this morning. So, so what would you do if somebody showed up at a competition with some pre-packed stuff <laughs> they bought from you and then beat you in the competition? It's just an odd scenario there, Tim, but I had to throw it out there. I'd make, make the biggest deal in the world out of it. Yeah. <laughs> You'd be jumping up and down. Oh, yeah, you would. You would. Yeah. Um, no. We're, we're going to get go out of here. Yeah. We're going to get out of here in a few seconds here, but I want to thank Tim. But Tim's going to stick around for after hours. He's okay. been through, he's been through that trial by fire before, pun intended, and so uh, uh, I know he's going to go get another beer, and we're going to do this. But <laughs> Tim, I want to thank you for being on the regular show, and Leanne, as usual, I want to thank you. And uh, thank you. don't forget, oh, real quick, where can they find you? Your websites uh, and stuff. Yeah, so blueshog.com is our is our sauce site. Um, Gatewaydrumsmuggers.com. Um, and you could Google or find us all over the social medias as well, I'm sure. So there you go. Uh, Tim sure, thank awesome. you for being with us. And we're gonna get out of here this week. Uh, we'll be back next week. Leanne and I'll be back from Texas. And uh, you can check out the after hours here in uh, just a few days. So for that, everybody here, thank you for listening. We'll see you next time. Barbecue Nation is produced by JTSD LLC Productions in association with Envision Networks and Salem Media Group. All rights reserved.